listening to BC Museum Portraits, and I'm Project Manager Spencer Stewart. In this episode, we'll be speaking with General Manager of the Nanaimo Museum, Sophia Mahler. Sophia, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with me today about the uh, Nanaimo Museum. Mm-hmm. Let's start with yourself. H- how did you get started in, in the museum sector and then specifically to the Nanaimo Museum? Well, obviously, I've always loved museums ever since I was a kid, so they've always held a special place in my heart. When I was a young adult, I actually volunteered at the Nanaimo Museum, and I remember saying, oh, one day I'll come back and work at the Nanaimo Museum. And so then in my life, my background is operational primarily in management and business management, that sort of thing. I've worked at attractions, Capilano Suspension Bridge, Fort Edmonton Park in Edmonton. I did a stint with the Edmonton Oilers. But when this job came up, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. I was in Edmonton and coming back to Nanaimo, coming home and uh, being able to take over managing here. This place that we're in now, which is within the, the conference center, that was a bigger project that took place around 2008, yes. was that right? Yes. And, and so did you get involved with the museum in and around that time or a little bit after? Or Quite or? a bit after. Okay. The museum um, society has existed since 1964, built the old museum building as a centennial project in 1967. And then the retired um, general manager, Debbie Truman, she worked really hard to get this new facility built. And it was built as part of this conference center that we're in in 2008. I've come back and taken over in the summer of 2018. Mm, Okay. And those early periods, thinking about it from an operational perspective, what were those early uh, years of the society and the museum? How have they changed up to the present where we are today? It was a strong focus on collecting many things without a, a huge amount of direction at first because it was building the collection. And and then as the years have gone by, various focus have come in in terms of what needs to be brought in. There was certainly a push for bringing in more material, which is we're on the uh, territory of the Snenemuk First Nation. We hold that material in trust and that's been a fairly long-standing relationship that now has a memorandum of understanding since the mid-2000s. And being able to have some of that, those items in, was one push that happened. There was a big push from a local citizen about bringing in Chinese items to the collection. He worked with the Museum Society pretty extensively. Other than that, it's been collecting anything we find that is relevant to Nanaimo's history. We're very specific now. We've narrowed it down that it has to tell a distinct story of Nanaimo. Nanaimo region's history and have links to that heritage to be considered to be brought in. So we're refining it as we go. But now we're looking at new opportunities. We're really becoming more strategic about now where we need to grow and um, the different stories that are missing from the museum and and what we can add. That reflexive approach to uh, the development of the, the museum when did that come about? Is that something that's uh, been in in the works for a while? What were some of the stories, some of the communities that you felt uh, needed to be more represented within the collection? I can't really speak to what was going on before me, other than I know that there were policies in collection. But certainly since I've been here, we've been reflecting on what's missing or what is undertold here. We know now, working with Elder William A. White from Snenemuk First Nation, that there is room to grow with how we tell Snenemuk stories and having the Snenemuk perspective, of course. So now 
we're working in a very different way with Sinema and William. But also things like women's stories, we're wanting to explore that. So we've got research going on in that. Japanese Canadian, we only have a small amount. LGBTQ, we don't have anything. We have one very significant sort of story connected to the museum, but we definitely have room to grow. Many of the various communities that have made up Nanaimo's history have been missed over in, in preference for sort of European-based white colonial stories. So we're working on that now. Those stories are here, they're entrenched, but now we need to expand and make sure we're telling the whole story. So that's really our goal. Mm. At the present, you have a permanent collection with some display cases, yeah. and then and right now there's from the vault. From the, How do you go about building your exhibitions? Where do they start, and what's the kind of process by which you, you build them? So our whole process for feature exhibits is we try to do trade-off where we have some traveling exhibits, so we are bringing into Nanaimo exhibits from other museums, and then we curate some of our own. And they can come about in many different ways. Obviously, putting a feature exhibit in does address historical wrongs in a museum. Just featuring something for a while doesn't tick the box of now we're more inclusive. However, there are great stories to be told and interesting stories and stories of injustice, that sort of thing that we are interested in telling. We also look at stories that the community is interested in. Certainly we listen to the community. We did a great exhibit called Nanaimo Mysteries back in 2018 and that was based all on the fun, dark kind of stories of Nanaimo's history, which we'd been getting tons and tons of questions about. So why not make an exhibit? So it's really about listening to the community and being in touch with what people want to see, what our supporters, our partners, our visitors are interested in seeing, what staff are interested in sharing, and a mix of sometimes having a little bit of fun with it, but also making sure that we're telling some of those really important stories that haven't had their moment in the sun hmm. yet. Hmm. You're mentioning the the involvement with, with the community. There's mm-hmm. been some collections here that have really worked on trust relationships with certain figures within, within the community. As someone who's in the present, but also working in a museum and always thinking in a historical manner mm-hmm. about things, what are some changes you're seeing in the Nanaimo community that, as a museum, you're, you've got an eye to at the moment, thinking about for the future? I think there's a few things. It's an extraordinary time right now with COVID-19 and the impact that's had on the community. That's certainly a story we're actively keeping an eye on, collecting photographs. We're working with the Nanaimo Community Archives as well on really active collection. We have a portal on our website that people can share stories. We're doing interviews, that sort of thing. That's, that's one. I think Nanaimo is also growing a lot and every time there's a period of significant growth, recording where we've come from, where we're going, and listening to the new community members that are coming in because it diversifies even more our community. What are they not seeing in the museum? How are they not seeing themselves reflected here? That's an important piece to recognize for sure. People are also very aware of some of the social injustice um, issues and are holding us to account. And that's exciting to me. People are wanting to know that we are moving on reconciliation issues and we are including diversity and in our collection and in our whole all processes that we do here that we are fair and just and we represent the community well so I think any um it's not just about collecting, it's also about how we interact with the community, and that's becoming extremely important right now. The collection is important, but right now I think for, I would certainly say here for our museum and possibly for other museums too, museums are being watched and looked at and learned about in a different way now, and that people are reflecting on what their purpose is in the community and how we interact with the community, and that's probably the biggest um, piece right now, I would say, that we're focusing on. Hmm. For, for people who are visiting Nanaimo and they come to the museum, the, 
what some may not know is that also the bastion is yeah. a part of the museum's uh, purview. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the responsibilities uh, of taking care of the bastion? And, and also, are there any other sort of built histories in Nanaimo that uh, the museum involves itself with? Yes, so uh, the Nanaimo Bastion was built in 1853. It's a historical building. It's owned by the city of Nanaimo and we program within it. So we are stewards of it. It's a, a very active discussion around what that's going to look like moving forward because of course it's an HBC building which comes with histories of injustice to indigenous people and that story hasn't been told yet. So we're working on how we include that, that history, what's the least harmful way to do that, how do we consult with the community on making sure that we're sharing those truths in a respectful way. It's a fun building to visit because you can actually go in the summer, we have it open and guests can go all the way up to the top and, and look out um, over the harbor from that from the windows up there. We also end our ghost tours in there and um, it's a bit haunted, so that's a fun building. So it's a it's an interesting building. It's fun to steward a historical building. It has certain responsibilities that come with that, but it's it's a work in progress, I would say now. Again, change is happening. We also are stewards of a mining cabin that's up on the hill behind us, and there's a large um, shelter that contains a refurbished locomotive that's up there as well, and we take tours up into those buildings, and certain school programs will go up in there as well, so we, we're in there. We also have space as well in the military museum, which is up on the hill that's where we have some workspace in there and that's the old Nanaimo Museum building. What are some recent acquisitions or, or new materials that have come into the collection that you're really excited about that you feel connect with some of the other histories that you have already in the collection or maybe reach out to stories that are yet to be presented through the museum? Um, when William A. White, the elder that we're working with from Sinanema, first walked through the museum. He noticed we had a case with a beautiful button blanket and a few other pieces in it, but they weren't from a local nation. And so he said it would be really important for us to be sharing um, really specifically Coast Salish regalia in the museum. And so he's been working with us. He's actually donated a few pieces, a nobility blanket, a vest woven in the traditional Snanamuk style, a cedar headpiece as well, a headband. And he is encouraging us to remember that we're on Coast Salish territory. We're of course following his direction. And um, so we're excited about those pieces coming into the collection and building a new exhibit to really highlight the Coast Salish history here. He's very specific that we have to use regalia that is not needing to be kept secret or quiet. This is regalia that is allowed to be seen and um, shared. We also commissioned a piece from artist Angela Marston, who's a significant Coast Salish artist, and it's a beautiful woven cedar headband with a cedar frontlet. And again, we're exploring collections don't need to always be historical. This is an excellent representation of a modern version of a traditional piece. And and uh, it's beautiful artwork. So I'm really excited to put that case together and have that on exhibit. Hmm. As much as you can divulge at the moment, what are some ideas for exhibitions that are bouncing around at the moment in the museum? We've got uh, one that we developed that we were supposed to be opening possibly this year, I think it was. One COVID-19 hit and everybody shut down. The All of the feature exhibits around the country got stuck in their museums that they were, so the schedule changed. So we had to change our schedule. And uh, so we have one called Grown and I'm all about food production and the history of food development, right from Sinanemo, 
Bach up to more modern times. It's very interactive. We've got it mostly built now. It's in storage waiting to come out. And it's a really fun and interesting reflection on a piece of Nanaimo's history that we haven't told before. So I'm really looking forward to that one being out. We like to include some fun interactives and that sort of thing. So we're waiting until we know it's safe to, mm. to bring that piece in. The other one that I'm really excited about is we've been talking the Good family, a Sinanamuk family. William Good has worked with the museum for many years. His children do as well. Joel Good, Sophia and Anna Lee, who um, own Leilam, which is a house of design, a Sinanamuk house of design. They've worked with, with the museum for many years and they've talked to us a lot about needing to share the history of Coast Salish artwork and how it became critically endangered and the revitalization efforts that have happened through people like their father, William. And um, making sure that it stays present and, and being taught in a living art form. And so we've been working and mulling that for a, a quite a long time. There is quite a bit of interest we've heard from various community members. So we, in 2023, we're going to be using that whole year for a feature exhibit that will launch in early in the year and run through to near the end of the year that's going to be around Coast Salish artwork revitalization. It'll have a more fancy title. But we're excited because um, a young artist, Nanaimo artist named Elliot Whitehill, is is going to be guest curating that for us. So we're going to be working with Elliot. He is a, a significant artist himself and an emerging artist and has already taught us a lot. And then we'll be involving the goods and, and many other artists as well, I'm sure. I'm really excited about that. Working on that is going to be very interesting. The way that Elliot is thinking about the exhibit is new and different to us. Our job is to get out of the way and facilitate the process and allow the, the right voices to tell the story and tell how it's it's said as well. What does that look like in the gallery? We can reimagine that space. What are some hopes, aspirations for the uh, Nanaimo Museum and what are maybe some obstacles or challenges in, in reaching, those, uh, reaching those goals for the near future and, and for the legacy of the museum? We are excited about developing a new strategic plan that will address where we're going. I have many um, dreams for the museum. I would like to renovate the gallery and change out the, or not change out, but change where things are situated and add some things and bring it up, bring some ex some new technology and do some upgrades um, in the gallery. So that's quite in, in the er very early phases of planning. It's quite a robust plan already and an exciting one. I really believe in taking the museum out of of the out of the gallery out of the museum so we're launching more and more walking tours we're doing outreach programs taking the museum out into the community so it's not waiting for people to come to us I'm really looking forward to being able to work with diverse communities and share more stories enrich our storytelling the story of Nanaimo is so rich and interesting and we've only got some of it in here so I want people to be able to walk into this museum and see themselves reflected in the museum that was um, I did during COVID, there was an amazing, the BCMA actually did an incredible session online and Sharn spoke to all of us and it really lit a fire, I think. And she said, I'm not coming to a museum, I'm paraphrasing, but she said, I'm not, I'm not gonna bring my children to a museum in which they don't see themselves reflected. And that really resonated with me. So I'm really excited about being able to share more community stories. We've talked a lot about, and I believe Sharn said this as well, don't ask people for their treasures. Don't. We can't gatekeep the museum by saying you can only be included here if you give us your historical treasures. So exploring new ways of sharing histories that don't revolve around having to have an item from a collection or an artifact. It's not fair to say we, we can't share your story unless we have your precious artifacts, right? So there's technologies now, there's ways we can do that through storytelling and community building. So I'm really looking forward to more community out 
outreach, more working on developing on a really organic way where we are able to move back a little bit in terms of being the smartest people in the room. We're not. We've learned that. Our community are the people we need to listen to and working with the community to build what the museum um, becomes as it moves forward. Well, Sophia, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down today and speak about the Nanaimo Museum. You're welcome. Thank you so much. This has been another BC Museum Portrait. BC Museum Portraits is done in partnership with the BC Museum Association. To hear more portraits and view the accompanying images made by project photographer Tayu Hayward, please go to museum.bc.ca. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time.